Well, we're going to have our Easter message. Michael Hansen's going to be sharing with us this morning, so let's give it up for Michael. All right. He is still risen. I know that little bit of a curveball. So many Easter traditions. I know one of the things I uh, remember growing up as a kid is at Easter time, uh, everyone would get dolled up. And I've noticed a lot of dresses. And, and here's a picture. This is how I used to go to church as a kid. Poof, look at that. There is enough polyester there to, for a very hot fire. I'm the one fright in the, I guess, front right there. We were the Von Trapps. Uh, I'll be selling copies in the parking lot, but uh, you can take that down. It's there. <laughs> but uh, one of the things, uh, uh, this weekend, Easter weekend is when we celebrate uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I, you know, as I've thought about that and even preparing for this weekend, one of the things that I was thinking is really we do that every time we gather, don't we? But there's something really special about this weekend, and, and what I mean is just think that this weekend, all around planet Earth, all these different time zones, all these different expressions, Christians are celebrating uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus. They're celebrating all that was accomplished on the cross. And if, that, you know, and if, we, if we took all that was accomplished and put it into a brochure, it would just be a massive brochure. Right, and let me hit on some of the points, just some of the you know, bullet points. Because Jesus died on the cross, now uh, uh, taking on our sins, taking on what we deserve, taking it on himself. Now today we can sit here clean, forgiven for all our sins. We can be free from the, you know, the weight of guilt and shame. Now because of Jesus dying on the cross, sin, sin separates. Sin came between us and God. And now because Jesus died on the cross, there's nothing between us and our maker. Right, that relationship has been restored, uh, and all because he died on the cross. And one of the things I love about the cross that we have here is that it's an empty cross, that Jesus didn't stay dead, that he came back to life. And because he came back to life, we no longer need to fear death. Because as a Christian, death isn't the end. Death is a doorway. And it's a doorway that we go through and just into the, you know, to Narnia. <laughs> it's when we get to go into the most awesome wonderful place you could ever imagine and as, and as wonderful as all of that is here's what's even more amazing all of what I've said and just so much more of what was accomplished on the cross to get it all you have to do is receive it it's a free gift that's that Jesus offers to us it's a gift that's given to offered to everybody and all you have to do is receive it and enjoy it that's all it takes and here's the thing, I, you know, even as I say that, I know part of being born in this culture and raised in a broken world is that we're, we're just born cynics, right? I, I was raised with the, with the expression, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably isn't true, right? There's just something in us that we're just, our guards go up when something's free, right? There's got to be a catch, there, there have, you know, there's got to be some strings attached. It can't be that easy. There must be some fine print to this, to this offer. And I remember uh, when I was 15, uh, I got a letter in the mail. And uh, in those days, I didn't get a lot of letters in the mail. And, uh, and, and once I tell you who it was from, you're going to know where I'm going with this. But I got a letter from the publisher's clearinghouse. <laughs> and I don't, know why, I don't know how I got that, but I remember... 
you know, 15 years old, and I, I'm sitting, I can still picture sitting at the kitchen table, and I read the letter through once. And you know how they word those things. I read it, and I thought, whoa. And then I read it again, and I thought, hey. And then I read it a third time, and literally my heart exploded. I won. I won. And I, you know, I don't remember how many thousands of dollars they would give you every week. And I'm literally, I'm starting to spend money in my mind. I'm just, you know, going crazy. And yeah, I'll get something for mom and dad too. But it's like, I'm just sort of, I'm buying all this stuff. And I was just, you know, I just shot to cloud nine, cloud nine until my mother sat down beside me and said, honey, let me show you something. And she showed me the fine print. And it was like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know, tell him what he's lost. You know, it's like, there, I went from euphoria to total bummed outness, if you will. And, and here's the thing. When you read the claims of the Bible regarding what was accomplished, regarding, you know, what we celebrate uh, this weekend, it really is like you've just won a massive lottery. But what's so cool about, about what Jesus has done is, isn't just for this life. You've just won a lottery that goes on and on and on and on. That has no, has no end, has no limits. And see, in the Bible, just like that letter that I received, the Bible has fine print. Right? But the difference in the Bible, uh, where the Bible is different, is that the, the fine print in the Bible doesn't exist to confuse and deceive. The fine print in the Bible removes barriers and just it just it makes it clearer and clearer more solid more you know more uh uh, um, uh it just supports this incredible truth that it really is true it really doesn't depend on you all you have to do is say really i can just take this yeah all you need to do is receive it and enjoy it and here's the thing i my prayer this week has been that for many of us today as i uh, as I give this message, that, that a light would go on. And maybe for some of you, it would be for the very first time. A light would go on that, oh, this is awesome. If this is true, well, then this changes everything. And you're going to have an opportunity today to get in on this offer. And then I also know that there are many people here today that you've forgotten that this, what Jesus offers, what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, you've forgotten that it's free. You've forgotten that what he's offered to us as, as his creation, as his, you know, his sons and daughters, you've forgotten that what he wants you to do is to receive it and enjoy it. So we're going to be looking at some fine print, some of the Bible's fine print, but first, uh, let's pray, and then uh, I'll keep on talking. <laughs> let's pray. So Lord, uh, uh, it really is an awesome, just like JT was saying, we're not... We're not praying to or just remembering an old story. Or we're like, wouldn't it be great if? But it really is humbling uh, to know that you're here with us. Uh, and I pray, Lord, I pray that you would do what only you can do. You know everyone who's here. You know what we're thinking right now, what we're feeling. Uh, but I pray that you would, you would be personal with each one, that you would break in pray that lots of lights would go on today of just how awesome you are and what an incredible gift uh, you, uh, you offer to us today. So just come have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If you've got a Bible, oh, let me, yeah, if you've got a Bible, we're going to be looking at Hebrews 10. 
And um, if you were here on Good Friday, we had a wonderful Good Friday service. Penny uh, gave an awesome message. And, and uh, to be honest, as I stood in the back listening to Penny's message, I thought, this is awesome. But I also realized that what she said was a lot of what I was going to say. And so as my uh, confidence drained out of me onto the floor, I thought, oh, the cat's out of the bag. I've got to change my message. And, and I raced home, you know, sermons.com. And, uh, you know, can I get it expressed? Can it be a really good one? It was simple. Uh, but as I sat down and quieted myself and took a big breath, I felt like the Lord just said, you know, there are some truths that we need to hear every day. There are some truths, and especially what we're looking at today and what Penny talked about on Friday, there are some truths that really, I don't know about you, but I need to hear them every hour of the day. So, with confidence, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, and, and what we're looking at in, in, in this book of Hebrews, it's, a, it's an interesting book because it's written to a group of uh, first century Jews who were struggling with a decision. And, and, and the decision is it was all to do with, their, uh, with their, uh, you know, their religious beliefs and especially regarding two questions. And the questions were, number one, uh, what do we do with our sin? What do we do with this weight of guilt and shame that we carry as human beings? So that was number one. And then number two, well, then what do we do to make things right with God? If we feel this sense of shame and guilt that causes us to hide from God, how do we, how do we fix that? How do we get to where we can turn back and, and, and be you know, uh, reunited and the relationship restored? And, and so really the decision was, these, for these first century Jews, was do we hold on to the old ways, the Jewish traditions, and think, you know, think the law, the Ten Commandments, think thou shalt not and thou shalt, and think... Uh, Moses, think temple worship, where you have priests and incense and, and uh, sacrificing animals, and, and you had a religious system to, to try to clean our sin, to relieve that weight of our guilt, to, tr- to separate or to remove that, that barrier of sin between us and God. But with that system, with the old system, it depended on us, it depended on them getting it right. So do we hold on to that or do we, do we grab on to this, this new uh, wave from this guy named Jesus, right? And, 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 and his religious system, if you will, was so different than the old way because in, in his system, to have your sins forgiven, to have the guilt removed, it all depends on him. And for us to get that, it really, all it takes is that we just need to believe that he got it right. And that in doing that, it's good. You're forgiven. It's, the guilt is lifted. The relationship is restored. And what I want to zero in on, you can see it with the title of the message, I want to zero in on a phrase that the writer to the, the, the Hebrews used. And really he used this phrase to drive home this truth, that in making that decision that what Jesus has to offer, the new way, is so superior to the old way. So, Hebrews chapter 10 We'll be starting in verse 1. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. If, if you don't have a Bible, we have them at the front. I know it's real easy. Just get up and walk up here and get one. Or if you really don't have a Bible, make sure you grab one and take it home with you. But chapter 10, verse 1 says this. It says, The law, or the old ways, is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, the new ways, not the realities themselves. 
For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Let's jump over to verse 9. And it says, then he said, then Jesus said, here I am. I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first, the old ways, to establish the second, the new ways. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So number one are your notes. We're going to go through this once for all. Number one is once. And number one is mission accomplished. Okay, mission accomplished. The writer is making a comparison between the old and new ways. He's making a comparison between, like, what does it take then to be forgiven? What does it take to have our relationship with God restored? And, and he's saying that in the old ways, it required an annual sacrifice. And, and if you're familiar, you know, with the Old Testament, he's referring to a, a Jewish holiday called Yom Kippur, and it's, uh, it's, it's known as the, the Day of Atonement, where... You know, the high priest uh, would go into this place in, the, in, in Jerusalem, in the temple in Jerusalem. He would go into this place called the Holy of Holies. And I was thinking how we just have no, in our culture, I don't, I don't, we've sort of lost any sense of sacred, right? It's sort of anything goes, you know? And so I think it's hard for us to get our heads around it. But this, this uh, was, in, in, you know, deep inside the temple, there was this room called the Holy of Holies. It had this massive, you know, solid curtains blocking the way, like keep out. And, and it was such a sacred place. It was believed that this is the dwelling place of God on earth. And only once a year would the high priest, one person would go into it. 364 days of the year, nobody's going in there. So in this day, the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies with the blood of an animal, a sacrifice, to bring before God for the pardoning, for the, forgiving, uh, for the forgiveness of the people's sin. And this tradition would go on and on and on. And, and like the writer of the Hebrews was saying, it would be year after year after year. Well, well, then there's the fine print. And the fine print was this, was that you know, the, there's a flaw in this system. Because this system, the old ways... It never fixed the problem. Basically, what the system would do is it would, it, would, it would put a Band-Aid over the sin wound. Just imagine, we all have this wound, this sinful nature. It would put a Band-Aid over that wound, but that Band-Aid had to be changed once a year because it never fixed the problem. It just covered the wound. But with Jesus, with his sacrifice on the cross, it was much different it was by far superior listen to this first peter 2 verse 24 says this it says he himself talking about jesus he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed what jesus accomplished the new way he didn't just come with a better band-aid hey this one has aloe Right? He didn't just come with a better band-aid that didn't have to be changed, you know, could be changed, or it was more effective. What Jesus did, what Jesus did on the cross is he literally, when you, when you look at the sin wound, this infected wound that every human being has, on the cross, what we read in that verse is that Jesus 
took all the infection, took all the poison into himself so that that wound could finally heal. And, you know, if you're familiar with the story of Jesus' death, you know that when he died on the cross, right, what did he say? He didn't say, it is done for another year. He didn't say that, did he? He didn't say, uh, it is started, and now with 30 easy installments. He didn't say that. He didn't say, my part is done, now if you get at it, and he didn't say that. What did he say? He said, it is finished. Once for all. It is, you know, mission accomplished. Poison removed. It is complete. It's, what Jesus did is far superior to the old way because the old way could never fix the problem. It could only cover the wound. But what Jesus did, and, I, and you know, with that one sacrifice, it was one and done. Once. Let's go to number two. Number two is four. So once, four. And number two is this. He did what we could never do. So let's go back to Hebrews 10, verse 1. And it says, uh, For this reason, it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. And again, the writer is, is just driving home, helping them in this decision that, that the old way, the system is flawed, it doesn't work. In fact, the thing that was meant to you know, bring us a sense of relief, ah, I'm clean. Ah, the weight is lifted. Ah, there's nothing between me and my God. The way that was meant to bring relief actually was bringing the opposite. Instead of, you know, it's, it was becoming an annual reminder of us not being able to fix the problem. Could you imagine what it would be like if, you know, if, if, if you just knew that once a year your sins would be dealt with, if we all had a, a, a backpack that we carried our sin around? Could you imagine you're going on and you're, you know, you're sort of walking through life and that backpack is heavy and getting, you know, it's just getting weighed down. We're, you know, we're, we're just saying things and doing things and we're hurting each other. Just, just the stuff of life. And you're going on, you're thinking, man, I can barely walk. This is getting so heavy. And then you look at your calendar and you're like, oh, I got three more months to go till I can unload, you know, this weight. And, 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 but think about, think about on the other side. Think about what it would be like, you know, you've, you've gone to Jerusalem for, for, you know, Day of Atonement and, the, and the, uh, the high priest comes out of the Holy of Holies and a big cheer goes up and, you know, just there's this, there's this national sense of we're clean. Our slate has been washed clean and you're walking around, everyone's sort of skipping because their backpacks are empty and this is awesome. I mean, I can't even feel my backpack. You know, and it's the next morning and you're loading up the, uh, the family donkey and you're getting ready for the trip home and you know and you got it all done and you're honking the horn you're honking the horn and 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 you know typical sort of you yell to the family hurry up you know we we want to beat the traffic on the sandal way you know it's like and and your wife comes around the corner and she yells uh, we can't leave yet i haven't finished making the hummus for the trip Right? And what happens sometimes, at least I know in my home, when I'm eager to hit the road, it's like I snap a little bit and want, you know, I, might, I might say something that I regret. But can you imagine 
You're standing there, you snap at your wife, and poof, you feel a rock drop into your backpack. It's like, oh, it hasn't even been a day yet. And you're just like, oh, what was, what was such a relief, you know, hours ago. Suddenly you're like, this is going to be a long year. I'm going to have to wait a whole year till I can unload this stuff. There would be no relief until the next sacrifice. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't need an annual reminder for my sin backpack. It's sort of a daily reminder. I can feel that weight. And if I, you know, just think about it. If I had to wait to once a year to unload my sin, I'd have to invest in a storage unit. I'm sure I'm not alone in that one. You know, there's some, but don't you find there's something in our broken nature, in the sin wound, the this, this, this sin that we have, uh, the struggle we have as human beings, there's something in me that goes, you know, I know it hurts me. I know it hurts others. Why can't I just stop it? You know, like, there's that thing like, why can't I, you know, I don't know, but, you, you know, we have sort of a fix-it culture, right? We can fix anything. Just go on YouTube. I mean, search this one. I don't know if there's any YouTube how to fix the, the broken nature, but I don't know, but there's times where, I mean, literally, I will be in the midst of adding rocks to my sin backpack, and it'll be like this out-of-body experience where I'll go, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? You know that that's wrong. You know that that's, you know, that that's not, it, uh, you know, you know that that's hurting. You know that that's hurting yourself. It's hurting others. And, and yet I feel stuck. And I know I'm not alone in this. I feel stuck in this brokenness. Does that make sense? I see myself doing it and I go, why do I keep doing that? Uh, the Apostle Paul, who is like one of the heroes of the Bible, he said this about his, his struggle with his, his sinful nature. And this is from the message, which is modern day language. Listen to this, Romans 7 verse 20. It says, something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything, and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Jesus Christ does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I, but I forget that. And I find so often, I, I find myself sort of up the creek, if you will, feeling stuck and I, love, and, just like, and I find myself in a place, once again, because I've forgotten of who can save me. I'm, 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 here I am, yet again, stuck. Who can save me? Because I can't do it. I'm very aware of my inability. And I remember, you know, uh, I grew up in Canada, and one of the stereotypes is a Canadian looking south of the border at our southern brothers and sisters. One of the stereotypes, I'm not saying this is accurate, was, was that in the States, people are quick to sue each other. Right? That was one of the stereotypes. So we moved here in June of 2000, and by August, we were in a lawsuit, which, uh, <laughs> meet me in the parking lot, I'll tell you later, give you the details, but, uh, but it was overwhelming, right? We're new in this country, and just there's some different systems, and, and I remember being overwhelmed. Talk about up the creek. 
It was just, it was, it was an impossible situation for me. They would, this company would send me letters threatening, accusing, and, and every letter I got from them was just like a, just driving home that you're, you know, you are so, I'm trying to, th- I got all these choices of things to say, I'm going, Sunday morning, Easter morning, don't care, but you're just, <laughs> you're so in over your head, right? And I remember uh, a friend, <laughs> a friend got me in touch with a lawyer in Columbus, and he was a big-time lawyer. And I remember Helen and I went down uh, to visit him at his office. And I'm like, his palatial office. It was like, you know, I was so, I mean, my heart was going like a rabbit. I was so afraid, what is this going to cost? Because I knew my resources were very limited. I'm like, I think I blew what I had on the elevator ride, you know, coming up to this office. But I'm like, and seriously, I'm looking at Helen like, don't touch anything. If they offer you a coffee, don't take it, don't take a pen, don't take a mint, you know? Don't even use paper to dry your hands. Okay, don't, I better stop there. But there was just this, this incredible, you know, fear. And, and I'll jump to the end of the story, but w- literally what happened was, uh, after meeting with this lawyer, within a few weeks, the company dropped the case against us. And, and, and here was the thing. The other guy, the guy that was coming against us, his plan was to wear me down. His plan, he knew I was a small fish. And his plan was to just basically keep coming at me till my resources ran out, and then he would win. But what changed uh, everything was when my big-time lawyer contacted this other guy and basically said, here's the deal. I represent... Mr. Hansen, and I'm not charging him a penny. And suddenly, in him, and if you got that too, my, let me translate what I just said. He said, I represent Mr. Hansen, and I'm not charging him a penny for my services. So if you want to go, let's go. He dropped the case. And see, what happened was suddenly my resources were limitless. Because out of the kindness of his heart, this big-time lawyer, basically, his resources became my resources. He stood in between me and my accuser and said, no, you're not dealing with him, you're dealing with me. And he he paid for it, He, he, he covered it. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. We have a broken nature, we have a sinful nature, we have a, awesome, we have something inside of us and left to ourselves, we're such a small fish. Our, our resources run out after, right after you get up. You're done. But Jesus stood in that place once for. He did what we could never do. And that's what we celebrate this Easter. And again, you don't have to earn that. Right? I didn't have to pay that lawyer a cent. You know, really, and, and it's, it makes me think of worship. It's why we worship. Because you know, all I could do for that lawyer was say thank you. All I could do is send him a, a card. What, what do I give that guy? I mean, I couldn't even afford his shoes. You know, it's like, here's a $10 gift card to Starbucks. Oh. That's why we say thank you. That's why we worship. It's because he stood. His resources have now become your resources. And it's a free gift. 
Listen to this. Here's some fine print. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You can't earn it. And you know how I know you've forgotten it's a free gift is when you're stressed out. You know, that's a signal. That's a dashboard, you know, maintenance required. When you feel stressed about something in your life, when you feel alone, well, what are you going to do? You better get it together. That's when you, that's when, uh, we need to remember that this is a free gift. That it, it can't be earned. It can't, it's something we just have to receive and enjoy. So on the cross, Jesus did once, what he accomplished was once for all. Let's look at all. Number three. And I'm going to look at three different aspects. First one is this. Uh, once for all time. All time. <clears throat> Have you ever noticed pretty much with every offer that we get, whether it's you know, on television or in the mail, every offer has an expiration date or has sort of the, you know, call in 10 minutes or you lose, right? Or, or you know, if you don't use your points or if you don't do this or if you don't do that, then the, you know, this incredible gift, it's off, it's off the table. What's, but what's amazing about Jesus is that his offer is for all time, right? 24-7, 365 It'll be as great as it is today when you get up and go to work tomorrow and then the stuff of life overwhelms you. His offer is, is there tomorrow, just like it is right now. And, uh, and, and so his offer, it, it's retroactive. It even you know, goes to the past. I mean, uh, you know, for some of us today, we've carried around a backpack. There's some, there are some rocks in our backpack that some of you have carried around for years. Guilt, shame. And I mean, it's, it's really wearing you out because you got like 30 extra pounds on your backpack and, and, and I have good, good news for you today that, that what you're carrying is covered and that today you can lay it down, that you don't have to leave here today with those rocks in your backpack. It's for all time. It's retroactive. It's, it's for the present. It's for what you're dealing with right now. It's uh, pre-existing conditions don't disqualify you. In fact, when it comes to Jesus, pre-existing conditions qualify you. Because, uh, you know, newsflash, we all have a pre-existing condition. We're broken. We have a, we have a, something's broken inside of us. He covers that. Uh, he, he looks to the future. He knows what's coming. He knows that we will struggle with sin for the rest of our lives. And what's awesome with Jesus and his forgiveness and his cleansing of our sin and his removal of the, the weight of you know, guilt and shame and, is that like, he's never closed, right? You know, please call us tomorrow. Like, you, you're never, you're, you're never going to get put on hold by Jesus. Anytime, anywhere, you can turn to him. Like, oh no, I just did that. I'm sorry. All right. I forgive you. Now let me wash you clean. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to stand and wait a little bit to see if we really meant it. No, he's faithful to forgive us and to wash us clean from all our unrighteousness. So once for all time and once for all sin. No sin is too small. No sin is too big. No sin is too often repeated. You know, I think back to 
you know, the old ways. And I talked about the Day of Atonement and part of the, the, the ceremony, part of the sacrifice they, is with, they'd bring two goats to the high priest and they'd cast lots, you know, to pick. And one of the goats would be, would be slaughtered and the blood, that's the blood that he would take into the, to the um, Holy of Holies. And then the other goat would be a, was, was, was called a scapegoat. And the high priest would literally lay his hands on the head of this goat and confess the sins of the people, basically transfer the sins of the people onto this goat. And then the goat would be led through the people and then out into the wilderness. And as the goat would be led uh, through the people, the people would yell at the goat, bear our sins and be gone. And it was this awesome picture, you know, of, of there go our sins, right? There go our sins. And, and here's where, where my mind goes is, could you imagine, let's say I was the guy that brought that goat and that goat somehow finds his way home. I mean, that's, I, mean I'm, I know it's funny, but could you imagine you get up the next morning, oh, it's a new day. Oh, no. You know, it's like, someone's got to invent a gun, you know, but it's like, but, but Jesus, Jesus was referred to as the Lamb of God. And when Jesus really first came on the scene, you know, in, in his ministry and all that he was going to do on planet Earth, his cousin, John the Baptist, he sees Jesus coming. He says, look, uh, this is John 1.29, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, all of it, all of the sin. And what does he do with it? Where does he take it? Right? Is it sort of, is it in the cloud, in the heavenly cloud? I mean, you know, here's some fine print. Hebrews 8 verse 12 says, Jesus says, I, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Now think about that. I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I find that hard to get my head around that. When, when, when you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I forgive you, now God looks at you as if you've never sinned. I mean, that is, I mean, think about that. That is so beyond our understanding so all time all sin and then finally all people and you know uh, I said that uh, again in the old ways in the in the temple worship that you know there was this curtain that was a keep out sign it was a curtain that basically said you know uh, uh, that you're not welcome in this place in this place where God dwelled in the presence of God and remember how I said the priest, uh, the high priest only once a year would go in with great fear and he would go in with this sacrifice and that, I mean, think about it, only one person, one time a year could come close to God because our sin, because we're impure. We go in there and you just get burned up. The, impur the impurity of our brokenness. And when Jesus died on the cross, God made this incredible statement if you're, fam if you're familiar with the story it says in Mark 15 37 it says with a loud cry Jesus breathed his last the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom and what I see in that is God is just shouting to them then and to us now he's reaching down from heaven and he's going enough enough I didn't create you to just stand at a distance I didn't say call me father because I, you know, I, I said call me father because I want you to come close. And it's like enough, the, the debt has been paid, the, the, the impurity has been washed. Now come close. I love what we are singing, you know, 
Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we're, we, we have a culture that constantly says, you're in, you're out. You qualify, you don't qualify. This is your credit score, this is your credit score. We have a culture that, I mean, I mean have you ever felt like you're on the, ins, on the outside looking in? Right? Or, or have you ever gone to middle school? Right? That's what went through my mind. It was like, oh, my word. But you know what I found? Even as you get older, older, for many of us, for most of us, that doesn't change. That sense of being on the outside. That sense of not being welcome. And God reaches down and he tears this, divi- this dividing curtain, this, you know, this, this neon sign, he tears it. And he says, enough. All are welcome. All are welcome. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. And here's some, here's some of the fine print. Here's Really, this is the heart of God. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Are you here today and you're weary or you're burdened? Will you qualify for what Jesus is offering today? So a good question would be, okay then, well, how do we get it? And... Uh, this offer that, that, you know, that I'm talking about, and really it's quite simple, but, but we do have a part to play, and I want to end by telling a story. Um, years ago, I was at Panera, and uh, I was sitting there, it was late at night with a friend, and we were talking, and, and uh, uh, one of the workers came over to the table, and she said, hey, I just want to let you guys know that we're going to be closing soon, and, uh, uh, but make sure when you leave, when you, you know, uh, come on up, everything, all the food is free. We're just going to get rid of it. So all the food is free. Come on up and get whatever you want. And she walked away, and I looked at my friend like, free? Right? And, I, and like, like, that's good news. Right? But here's the thing. It's one thing to hear the good news. But our part is this. is Our part is to respond to the good news. And so I can remember, you know, when I finally got up and I, and, and again, I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, is, is it too good to be true? There's just, there's this, there's this, you're a skeptic in me. And so I, I kind of walked up to the front and she's behind the counter and, and I'm just a little nervous about, and then I, then I kind of got up my, I got brave and I said, hey, can I have a cookie? She said, yeah, you can have a cookie. She put the cookie in the bag and I'm like, wow, it worked. And then, uh, then I, I stood there for a bit, and, and, and I said, hey, how about a couple of those muffins? And she said, yeah. And she took a couple of muffins, and she put them in the bag. And I'm like, wow. And then I looked at the back with all the expensive bread, you know, with the names that I can't even pronounce. And I, and I said, hey, uh, could I have, and I pointed at the bread, and she said, sir, you can have whatever you want. All you have to do is ask for it. It's all free. And that's what I'm talking about today. That's the offer that I'm making today. That what Jesus offers, that to be washed clean of our sins, to have the weight of our you know, guilt and shame lifted off, to be reunited with our maker, to, to come into a relationship with a God who knows you and loves you and, and wants to walk through every day of your life with you, who wants to guide you, who wants to protect you, who wants to lift you up when you're down, who wants to hold you, who wants to to provide for you. That's what I'm offering today. 
but we have a part to play. So why don't we, why don't we stand up? Here's how we're going to end off. I want to give people an opportunity to get in on the offer, if you will. And, uh, and typically, and I know we have a lot of visitors, and uh, so um, we're just going to lock the doors. But, uh, <laughs> but well, we, we believe God's here with us. And to me, that's a game changer. And, and how we end our services is we take time to pray for people. Because I believe that as I've been talking today, just like I prayed at the beginning, Jesus has been personal with many of you. And maybe it's been for the first time that as I've been talking, you've had this sense like, like, you know, he's talking just to me. It's like he wrote the sermon just for me. Right? And there's some of you today that like I prayed or what I said earlier, like, it's like the light has gone on. Like I don't understand all of this, but if this is true, well, well then I want in. And so, like I say, we typically end up by praying for one another. What we do is we invite people to the front. And we, we invite a bunch of different groups of people, so we try to make it easier for folks. But if you're here today, and if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never said yes to his offer, well, I want to give you that opportunity. And in a second, I'll just ask you to walk forward. And there'll be other people walking forward, so it won't just be you. But I want to, I want to make that offer. And uh, I also want to make an offer to people. You're here today, and uh, you realize, I've forgotten that this is free. I've forgotten that I, that, like, just how awesome. Like, all that was accomplished on the cross, I've forgotten that. Because I am stressed out. And, and you know, and, and, and my dashboard is full of lights. Because I'm stressed about the past. I'm nervous about the future. I'm, you know, like just on and on. We want to pray for you because God wants to just put his arm around you and, and, and remind you what an incredible offer it is that he's offered to you today and every day for the rest of your life and on into eternity. I also, as I prayed, uh, you know, I asked God, is there anything physical? You know, we, we love to pray for people who are sick because when we look at the life of Jesus, he just walked around healing people all the time. And as I prayed and I asked him, you know, you know, is there anything specific? Instantly, I saw a picture of Jesus, and there's, if you're familiar with the Bible, there's all these stories where he's going around praying for people, and he prayed a lot for people's eyes and people's ears. And so let me ask a question. Who here today has something going on with your eyes, which is glaucoma? Or, and I, and, uh, I don't know a lot of conditions. I'm not a de- dentist. But if, <laughs> if you have a condition where you are losing sight, or if you have a condition in your ears, I do know tinnitus, I struggle, I have tinnitus, uh, or, or you have hearing loss, could, could you just put your hand up right now? And if maybe you can't hear me. Okay, so here, and that's probably a bad joke. We'll edit that. So, everything I said, if you just want to get in on this offer, or if you want to be reminded of this offer, or if you have issues with your ears or your eyes, could you come forward now? Just walk up. JT is going to lead us in a, in a song. And if, when you come forward, if you're a guy, a guy is going to come up, put his hand on your shoulder, say, my name is, what's your name? And then he'll just say a prayer for you. All right? So I just invite you to come now, and let's make sure uh, everyone has someone praying for them. But let's lean into this incredible gift 
that Jesus offers to us today. So come on up. And again, let's make sure everyone has someone praying for them. And then I will uh, end the service. And remember, it's a gift to be received. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to get it all together. You just come as you are. Again, we're going to need lots of prayers. Let's make sure everyone has someone praying for them. Guys for guys, gals for gals. So we, we still need lots more prayers. That saved a wretch like me And the waves of forgiveness It's your blood that covers me Pour it out, pour it out. Oh, the depths of your mercy will that save. A wretch like me And the waves of forgiveness Oh, it's your blood that covers me Pour it out Pour it out All the weight And all the weight of your glory That brings me to my knees And the power of your presence Well, that heals and sets me free. Pour it out. Come pour it out. Come pour it out. Yeah, pour it out, and I will worship. And I will worship, and I will love you, and I will lift you up, and give you honor. Praise and glory 
and I will pour it out. And I will worship, and I will love you, and I will lift you up. Give you honor, praise, and glory, and I will pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Lord, that's our prayer, that you would pour it out, that you would come do what we could never do. Lord, in just all these situations, whether it's uh, any you know, healing or whatever, whatever we're coming uh, to you with today, I, just, I thank you that uh, once for all, Lord, once for all, you have, you've, you've taken care of what we need. You've covered us, Lord. I pray that the... Just the truth of what we celebrate today, that we wouldn't, uh, well, as we get back into the busyness, don't let us forget. Remind us, Lord, some truths we need to hear every day. And I pray tomorrow as people get back just into the routines, that you would remind us for all time, for all sins, for all people, every day you make this offer. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for this season of Easter. Thank you that we belong to a God who's alive. All right. Thanks for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.